Now we return you to the test card and some music. Welcome to the Pilot Take 56, a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows past and present. He is Jed Shepherd. And that guy is Rob Jelly the Jelly Man. Uh, I'm talking about jelly, jelly, I'm talking about jelly, jelly, I'm talking about jelly, 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 jelly. How you doing? Yeah, I'm very good. I'm even better now we've had a little sing of my name. That's always <laughs> nice. Always a good way to spend an evening. Go have a theme song, mate. Go have a theme song. Absolutely. Um, we need to crack straight on with catching up because okay. at the tail end of last week's episode, yeah. we got chatting after recording and you totally forgot to mention yeah. the fact you spent basically like four or five days on a sort of... Deserted well, island. A lump of rock yeah. in the middle of the sea yeah. with the band Ash. <laughs> yeah. So, um, guys out there, you may know the band Ash, who had hits like Burn Baby Burn, Oh Yeah, Shining Girl Light, Mars. Girl from Mars, yeah, all those, and most re- recently um, had a single called Annabelle out. Um, yeah, I mean, I've known them for years, and they said, Jed, do you want to come onto a deserted island with us? Because, and before they could even tell the reason why, I was like, yeah, yep, yeah, when? And they were like, next week, yep, count me in. Um, so, yeah, they flew I've me out. cancelled my plans. <laughs> yeah. They flew me out to this uh, little island um, in the middle of the sea, in off the coast which, of... Hang on, which sea? It's off the coast of Ireland. <coughs> so, so technically in the Atlantic Ocean? Yeah. Or so, is it between mm, I don't know Ireland and Britain? It, it was wet and it was cold. Um, okay. But the uh, the whole premise was their new album, which came out on Friday, which was gone, it's yeah, called it's Islands. So they were like, we want to spend a few days on an island before islands come out uh come hang out to make a music video or no just to hang out and me to like film some like little links like hey where ash and our new album's out on friday hi where ash and uh some people have asked us what this song is about and this is what this song is about um but a lot of the time it was just me and ash getting drunk on a deserted island um and playing football and like exploring because this island's only one mile square it is mental. One mile square? Yeah. It's a very, very small island. Do you know what? I was only discussing this this morning, yeah. saying that how one single mile is, yeah. a, is a really conceivable amount of distance. Mm-hmm. Like, anyone can I- imagine a mile. Yeah. Like, you, you can... You look at, like, you think of your, your local high street or you think of your local main road. Yeah. And you can think about point A to point B yeah. being a mile. And it's a, it's such a feasible amount of distance. Yes. Yeah. I could basically, all around me, I could see the edge the of the edge world. Of the, yeah, edge of the island. So I could see um, a cliff a cliff face, a cliff face, and a cliff face behind me, and in front of me, a beach. So it was... Wow. Yeah, and there's like a little castle on the island. And the only people that live there are um, two people. I'm not going to say what family they come from, but it's a relatively well-known family. Um, and... And it was them and Ash and me. That is very cool. And we just like hung out and it was absolutely bizarre. And the thing is, the, the island's covered in wallabies. I think 300... As in like Australian yeah. wallabies? So about 100 years ago, for some reason, wallabies were introduced to the island. And because they've got no natural predator on the island, what? they've just exploded. And there's just... So if you think a mile square and like 400 wallabies... That has got to be the highest density of wallaby per square mile. In the world. Yeah, most likely. More and wallabies per square mile than Australia. 100% definitely. And what's is. this island called? 
Um, it's called Lambay Island. Lambay Island? Never even and, heard of it. Yeah, nobody has. <laughs> and it's got um, covered in pheasants and it's got cows and horses and stuff. It's a real like wildlife sanctuary, really. And yeah, it's awesome. Got to hang out there with like one of my favourite bands ever. Who just, are mates as well, which yeah. is kind of cool. Yeah, regardless of that, it's, it's nice to hang out with mates and just go I and mean, do something a bit different for four or five days. Isn't exactly. It? I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't get an invite if I was just a random person. Um, but yeah, that, that was that was bloody brilliant. Like a real uh, awesome. amazing time. Um, and then the next day I saw them play um, somewhere in London. Um, but yeah, and then I, this week, weekend just gone, I was just uh, doing panels at Comic-Con and stuff and just interviewing people about Can their films. Can you believe that's a year ago we did Comic-Con? Yeah. I know we said we're going to try and do another one this year at some point. We're going to try and do something live. October, we can can do it. Yep, October, definitely up for doing October. We'll do something big and special for October, do a live event. Uh, We do want to get out and try and do another live podcast. So if anyone's got any ideas for how that might work, we're open to suggestions. Like we are for the shows. Yeah. We're open to suggestions on how... Do you want to do Manchester? July 28th. Oh no, I'm. Uh, I was going to say I might not be in the country. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I think I'm busy as well. But there's there's plenty of there's regional ones as lots well. Lots of opportunities. So yeah. uh, keep keep listening, uh, and we'll let you know as soon as we've sorted something out and got yeah. it in the diary. So that's very cool. I don't think I've got anything that can match you, mate. I'll be <laughs> totally honest with you. I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, most recently, the nuclear races stuff that I did. Nice. Um, hosting sort of 11,000 people wow. racing around an obstacle course race, which is very cool. It's also the venue for the World Championships in October as well. World so Championships of what? Obstacle course racing. Okay. So the World Champion of Obstacle Course Racing 2018 will be crowned in Essex okay. later this year. And I'm hoping, if they're listening, <laughs> I'm willing to do the comparing for you and the hosting and the dancing around. <laughs> um, do you yeah. know what? If you're out there and you and you work for a company that needs two compares, two hosts for something, yeah. get in touch. Well, you, even if you need one, because you, know, you never know, it might be a weekend when one of us is busy. That's true. That is true. But if you need to. See, see what Rob's doing there? I'm trying to get us both of all. He's like, yeah, but if, it's just, if you just need one, pick me. <laughs> no, I didn't say that at all. I didn't say that at all. But in case one of us is busy <laughs> on the weekend of you know the day, whatever it is they're doing, yeah, then you know you can have like one of us rather than both if you can't afford us both. That's fine, <laughs> mate. Listen, you're expensive nowadays. You know you're, you're like you know you get invited to private islands and you go to do like panels on Comic Con stages. Wait. Just, just give me it some gin two, and a packet it of crisps. It took me two and, and a half years to get a photo on the iPlayer page. For goodness' sake. <laughs> Dearing me, some people have their careers have lasted less than that, <laughs> and that was just a crime watch uh, special, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was, yeah, nice, yeah, nice, nice. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, that's pretty much us caught up, really. Yeah. Um, so we'll crack on with format. Uh, if you've not listened to the podcast before, welcome along. We do have a general catch up at the start, uh, but then we dive back into our two shows. The two shows we've got this week, one picked by Jed, one picked by myself, uh, are going into the league table inside the next half an hour, 45 minutes, uh, once we've given them the score. We've both yeah. watched both episodes. Yeah, and what we're trying to do is find the best pilot ep- episode of all time. And we do that by obviously looking at the first uh, episode of each TV show. And only the first only one. Only the first one. Some you- of the stuff we've watched on. Yeah. And some stuff we're watching for the first time. So exactly. we try to be as objective as we can uh, across the board. Yeah. And we'll score each show out of 10. So it gets a score out of 20 overall. Um, you get to go first this week. Yeah, I'm first. And the show that I'm bringing to the pilot is called The Pilot. Well, the first episode is called The Pilot. We, we like that. Yeah, it's, it gets points. Tick, it's got a point already. <laughs> and we're looking at Arrested Development. Now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together. (laughs) 
It's Arrested Development. So, Arrested Development, that theme song is very jaunty and kind of light and happy and maybe doesn't give you all of the clues you need to to know what's going on because I think the actual TV show can be real dark comedy in places it's, it's quite chaotic though like yeah. it's very it's quite sparse musically speaking instrumentally it's not got a lot going on but yeah. it is a little bit like ding, 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 and because ding, it's ding. so short as well I mean there's, you've got the narration over the top of it because yeah. you get the narration at the start of the episode pilot do you know uh, who narrates it did you check that out no I recognise the voice so it's I... director of Solo Ron Howard ah, of course it is so um, yeah so, and he narrates um, every episode um, and I think the fact is he that, doing the new one as well, the season yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and uh, the great thing about that is, obviously, Ron Howard is famous. Um, he's been famous pretty much all of his life. We saw him in, ha- in Happy but, Days. But like I said, he has that voice which you recognise and you sort of take as an authority. Yeah. Not not that it's an authoritarian voice mm-hmm. in such. Yeah. It's got any gravitas, but because he has, he just has a voice that you listen to. I think that's yeah. important, and, and especially Which is funny as because, like in the Happy Days, scene it opens up and he introduces you to everyone. Yeah, but in Happy Days, he was uh, Richie Cunningham, and you didn't really listen to him. You always listened to the Fonz. Yeah, um, and he grew up and became uh, the narrator of this. And um, yeah, like like you say, we're introduced straight away to the family, and 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 the great thing about a narration is you don't have to. Don't really have to work things out for yourself because he tells you exactly what's happening, and in yeah. some ways that's annoy that's annoying. But in other ways, yeah, you want that's it's not bad. I quite like having my my hand held a little bit. Yeah, I, I the know, there, there are. I think this is there. Are, there's another thing I'm going to mention in, at the end of this episode yeah. that is a first. Given that we've done this is 56 takes, so we've done 112 shows now. Yeah, this is the first time that the thing at the end of this episode happens. Right. Okay. Right. So I'll come to that in a, in a bit. I don't think I know what you're talking about. I'll get to it. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I also think this might be the first show we've done where a narrator quite literally introduces you to the character yeah. by their name, uh, what they do, mm-hmm. their sort of character. It's, it's kind of giving you the backstory. Well, it's the first time we've had it a narrator not being one of the main characters themselves. Yes. Because we've had Pugwall, don't forget. Well, that's Please true. do not forget Pugwall. No, could, okay, ne- could never forget Pugwall. <laughs> The, the, the yeah, but you so you've had a few like um, look at the camera moments, sort of breaking the fourth wall yeah. narration sort of star things. But this is the first one where you've got a non-character narrating what's happening on screen. And I think because you have so many characters in this story, mm-hmm. you need that. I, at first, at first, first I agree. At do, first, yeah. I agree. It's a little bit like. Oh, why are you explaining everything to me? Yeah. But it actually becomes a bit of an endearing trait of the show. Yeah. Um, and I also think that there are too many people in this show as a whole that you need to keep track of. Yeah. It's, it's, it wasn't, it's, I'm, not, I'm not having a go at it. I think there's just too many people that you need to keep an eye on and yeah. need to remember who they are and what they're thing is mm-hmm. that you you actually do need it spelling out for you at the start yeah i don't mind it um and i mean in other episodes after this there isn't an introduction to the character it's just a continuation um but yeah i quite like it and and i mean it's done in a very light way and it's not patronizing or anything and it also adds to the comedy because mm. sometimes the gaps are filled in um and sometimes you need to know that um but yeah he 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 rightfully sh- shows us um all of these brand new characters and and kind of gives us a little tip to to, to what they're like um so where do I start with 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 a family well it starts with michael yep michael bluth who is 
essentially the guy we're following. I feel like we're on the journey with him. He is basically not- the audience, even though I think he's the most annoying member because he's so... <laughs> everyone else is, is very colourful, but he's very black and white and he's I- very stern. And yeah. Do you, so do you know where you, you've seen him before? It's Bateman, isn't it? Yeah, do you know, but besides his besides his most recent stuff, I'll, I'll give you a clue. And, and I don't know why I'm, I'm saying this, because you're, you're not, not going to get I'm the I'm not going to get it, am I? Um, he was... So, you know Teen Wolf? Yeah. First film, Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Second film, Jason Bateman. He he was the Teen Wolf. Is that what his first... Is that like his first... First big film, big yeah. Big film. Yeah. Uh, Teen Wolf 2. I definitely feel like I've probably known him from stuff pr- since... Arrested oh, Development. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's done tons of stuff, but I just know him from Arrested Development and Teen Wolf and 2. Teen Wolf 2. They're the only two things that count. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're introduced to him, and he is almost the sensible one of his family. Yeah. Because the others are just a absolute clown house full of, like, weirdos. <laughs> like, that is a great way of describing <laughs> it, a clown house. And he seems to be the ringmaster. And, and um, Well... Yeah, but he, he... Do you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of a substitute teacher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just in general. Just turns sub, up in, you know, into and, the middle and of this chaos. If you listen to this and you are a teacher, you have my utmost respect for doing what you do. It's a sterling job, and I can't imagine how difficult side it must note. be side to note. do it. And that's a sincere note as well. But I've got a side note. Substitute teachers. Yeah. I used to get peeved when they used to come in and try to input their own kind of like teaching song in the classroom it's like you're only here for five minutes mate stick a video on and give us some crisps <laughs> do you know what I mean if I yeah. you're a substitute teacher don't yeah, try and yeah, teach yeah, us anything yeah, yeah. But I, stick I, a video I on I feel like a substitute teacher is the equivalent of getting like a hired gun in for a band like when you've got a session musician like you're being paid to come in just do the job that's required of you no more but they never knew what without was going being rude, on. Without being rude, like because you're not going to get into a flow of things, are you? Yeah. Like you got asked to come in and fill for a set period, a temporary period of time. Don't get me I mean, wrong. I, I, the point is, yeah, the point yeah. is, the substitute teacher never got quite as much respect as the teacher did. Or you never saw Mrs. Conway, or Miss Conway, who came to my school, who was this Australian young Australian woman who came and just. I went to a boys' school, and uh, she turned up one day, and the entire school substitute? was in love with her. Hey, she's a substitute. She or? was a substitute teacher. Just, I think someone wasn't in one day. A teacher wasn't in, and she turned up. I'm like, wow, this like pretty blonde Australian girl just turns up. What year were you? Uh, this was. She was there for like year three and. Oh, four. you're talking like primary school years. Uh, no, of, of secondary school. So oh, I think it, like at the age yeah, of like yeah, so thirteen, you're nine, fourteen. Year nine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So hormonal as anything. Well, she she made yeah. the whole school hormonal. <laughs> 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 I still remember her, Miss Conway. Um, but yeah, so the, so you are right. In- my my point being, before we get too distracted with substitute teachers and yeah. teachers we use the fancy, um, is that yeah, Michael is that is I that. I have a chance now, by the way. Right, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> get in touch with Miss Conway. Miss Conway, if you listen to the podcast, Jed's Twitter details at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, it, it, it kind of gives me that vibe of like he's just not going to get listened to. Like you say, the ringmaster that's just not in control of anything. It's an absolute clown house, as you say. I love You've that. Got, clown so house. yeah, it's it's a brilliant <laughs> phrase and it sums it up perfectly. Michael is the son of George Bluth, yeah, yeah who is the owner, CEO, El Capitan mm-hmm. of the Bluth Corporation, and he's having a little bit of trouble at the moment. Not going to tickety boo. He's yeah. about to retire though. He's going to retire mm-hmm. and hand over the business reins to someone. Yeah. So there's a big shindig on a boat. Kind of makes sense. Family, it's Michael, isn't it? Doesn't all it? All the family are there. Yeah, uh, they've all been invited. Michael is a sibling to three, 
Uh, you've got yep. Job. You've got what's her name? Lindsay. The blonde one, yeah. Yeah, Lindsay. And Buster. Yep. Who's probably my kind of low key favourite? Yeah, he's your guy, isn't he? And also, Michael has a son, George Michael. George Michael. Yep. So. Yeah, you, you, and this is not the only people you, you get no, sort of introduced to. because there's Cousin Maybe as there's, well, who's a regular character. Yeah, yeah. Cousin Maybe, who is Lindsay's daughter, yeah. and Lindsay married um, a disgraced doctor. Yeah. Uh, oh, his name's gone. Um, I always forget their names, to be honest. Like, But the thing is, over a few episodes, and I've watched a few, um, you do start to learn... Tobias Tobias, Funke, Tobias, yeah. Tobias, that's Funke, it. Yeah. I, knew it was a, I knew it was a name <laughs> like that. Uh, you, you get to meet these, and and they. Who keep... was in Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, no, so he's in Infinity War. Is he playing Tobias Funke? Have you, no. Have you seen Infinity War? No. This isn't a spoiler. This isn't a spoiler because at the end of Infinity War, you've seen the credits. You know, no. you have to wait till the right. I, yeah, right I've the not end. seen any of it. So at the end, there's a, there's a and um, something like thank you to Arrested Development for the character of Tobias Funke, and everyone's like, what? So you know the collector in in Marvel movies, he collects things. Yes. In one scene, you see in a cage behind them, just not part of the whole thing, Tobias Funke in a cage. Unbelievable. And you know it's him because he's dressed how he is later on in, in further series of right, development. Okay. So you know it's him. But And, and the anyway. thing is, like, <laughs> like things like Tobias, he's not a lead character. He's yeah. a very low-level secondary character, if I'm being honest. Yeah. And... But, but for some strange reason, you, you seem to feel like you need to keep an eye on him or at least keep He's track of him. one of, of my favourites as well. He's a great actor. Yeah. I think he plays the oddball brilliantly. In fact, all the brothers are, besides besides yeah. uh, Michael, um, the, all, the other so three the brothers. So the whole thing, they're, they're all chaotic, right? Yeah. And it turns out that they've all been helping themselves to the company funds and charging things to company expenses. Yeah. But Michael's uh, there to uh, stop And Michael that. is like, no, 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 no. And he's a bit like, well, this new announcement's coming out. Dad's obviously going to hand it down to me. Mm-hmm. And once he does that, yeah. you are all cut off. You're going to all have to learn how to earn money yeah. and, and be decent human beings. He's going to straighten the books out, so on and so forth. At least so you think. There's also a little, a little bit before the party starts, there's a narration where um, Ron Howard uh, states that Michael is about to uh, basically say goodbye to his family forever. Yep. And not in a going to jump off the boat and drown himself way, more of a I'm going to leave mm-hmm. kind of way. Um, so you start to think, okay, well, hang on. He's surely in line for the throne of the company, yeah. but he's going to... Th- and it does a little bit of a jump. It does jump backwards and forwards a few times in the episode. Yeah. Not so much that you get confused. You keep track of it fairly easily. Uh, but you do tend to bounce around between storylines and see how it all gels together and comes to yeah. the, basically the fruition of the boat. Scene. So this is this is a standard um, kind of narrative thing that this series does. It almost has different strands and that you think are totally separate from each other, and then in the end they all kind of tie into an almost a neat bow. And they do. Um, and in later series, they have they keep these strands open until the very last episode, and then you can see how they how they fit together. Which is great writing. Yeah. So, but in this first episode, you can see all this, like, these kind of disparate strands all over the place, and it does all kind of culminate into this last kind of scene. There are so many lines in this that indicate oh, man, the level classic. of intellect <laughs> amongst the characters. Yeah. So you've got uh, George, who is senior. George Senior um, is the owner, CEO, and 
he gets busted for all the all the bad things that have been have gone down. He gets yeah, busted fraud and for fraud and all sorts. Right? He yeah. goes to prison. Michael's like whatever. That's his own fault. You yep. shouldn't have done it. In the first no sympathy. Place. But before he disappears to Arizona, he's gonna. He's, he's had enough. He has the line. The line has been crossed. He's had enough. He's taking young George Michael to. Arizona to start anew. He's been given a job. He's already got a job. Yeah. Um, because they're a housing development company. We probably should mention that. Yeah, and they're living in a shell of a, uh, basically a He's marketing in the suite. He's living in the loft yeah. of the show house yeah. of on a development that hasn't even started yet. Mm-hmm. So it's the only house on this whole development yep. in like a, what looks like a, like a quarry at this point. <laughs> yeah. And Michael and George Michael are living in the loft of it because it's the only place they can afford to live. Yeah. Uh, but he's obviously quite good at what he does because he goes for an interview and gets offered a job at a competitor in Arizona, takes it, and then he goes, right, I'm going. That's it, I'm off. And then Lindsay says, go and see Dad before you go. Yep. Um, and he does. And then, so George makes his comment about, um, he goes, they can't arrest a husband and a wife for the same crime. <laughs> That's why I gave it to, um, what's her flipping name? Lucille. Lucille, the wife, His yeah. wife, Lucille. And then Michael goes, yeah, you can. <laughs> they, they can arrest you. That, that makes no difference. Like, what, I, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and I think that that single scene there sums up the interaction and, and the despair as well. Yeah. The despair he delivers in his face and his voice in that line just sums up how he generally feels. And I think... He's quite relatable to some. To what Michael, you mean? Yeah. I, well, I think to some people, if you work with a bunch of numpties... Well, yeah. Well, this it can the... be very relatable to like, oh, for goodness sake, I've got a part with this lot. I mean, this, this is the thing. So, so Michael, he has to become the head, head of the family when he is... I don't think he's he's either. I don't think he's the oldest. Is he the eldest? Because I think his brother's maybe slightly I think Job older. Job is older, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so he's not the eldest. Um, he just seems to be the one with the head screwed on the right way round. Yeah. And even even if you think of the the mother Lucille, she seems to be in disarray as well. And in fact, he is the only one that's all grounded, has a good sense of morals, who doesn't want to break the law all the time, has, is decent with money. So it just makes sense that he be the one to kind of look after the family. Reputation put it, put it on the straight and narrow, considering yeah. it's gone off the rails and yeah. such. But what he has to contend with is this clown house. All of these characters who are basically just after bleeding their family fortune dry with their various different schemes, and and they've got absolutely no prospects. Let's let's take a look at some of some of them. So, um, Job, <laughs> yeah, Job, he's an illusionist. It, but not, you know what? Not a magician. He's an illusionist. He's my guy. Even though. So Will Arnett. So he's borrowed. He's borrowed eighteen thousand pounds out of the company budget yeah. to buy the Aztec tomb disappearing box. Yeah, which comes in. Which I'm not being funny. I could have built him from an IKEA wardrobe. Yeah, but it's not for about three hundred quid. Thing is, magicians want. If you're a magician, you want to get the good stuff. You want to get the kind of. But he's not a good stuff. magician, as, we, as we've sussed out. And the the beauty of this is they don't they don't let this thread. Like just just dangle there. They pull that thread for every season. He's tr- <laughs> he's trying to do these magician stuff all the time. And just when you think that that kind of like pipe dream's gone away, it comes back again. Yeah, he's given up on it. Um, no. But I just like his because a grown man shouldn't be that into magic. 
I mean, I am, but like <laughs> a grown man shouldn't be into magic, yet he is taking well, it so seriously. Well, yeah. And I love the seriousness of how much he takes it and how offended he gets when people don't take him seriously. I wholeheartedly agree. The only thing I think the reason why it's not acceptable to be that into magic at that age or in that stage of life yeah. is if you're no good at it. If you have been doing it since you were a young child, because you got into it, maybe your parents, grandparents, yeah. whatever they got into it, whatever it was, you get into it as a child and you stick with it. Let's, for example, take someone like Dynamo, yeah. right? Who was taught by his granddad some basic magic and he spent his life perfecting it and he goes around and amazes people all over the planet. Yeah. Right? Now, like him or not, I'm not convinced, but okay. It's not, it's, it just buys his, his magic off the internet really easy. Nothing special. Okay. Oh, all right. But wh- <laughs> whatever. But the point is, is, is like, it's that he's, he's done it. He's taken it to a level where he, he can impress anyone and everyone, right? And I'm just, he's just an example. It's the first person that came to mind, all right? Okay. Pick any magician you like then and put it in that box. If, you, if you're really, really good at that sort of thing. And ventriloquism is a similar sort of thing as well. When yeah. you look at things like ventriloquism, the likes of like Paul Zerdin, um, even the likes of like Jeff Dunham and, the, and, and so on and so forth. I want you to name one more ventriloquist. Oh, okay. Um, what's her name? Uh, Nina. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it, yeah. Oh, flipping heck, what's her name? I can't remember. Yeah, I know which one you mean, the famous woman one. Pe- 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 beans with a P. Puppet. She's got a monkey puppet. Um, yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a handbag. Um. <laughs> Yeah, if if you're really, really good at it, Terry Fater, there's another one. Um, okay. One more? Uh, oh, don't. What's Orville's one? Keith? Oh, um, Keith Harris. Yeah, That's Keith it. Harris. It's okay. five Bob for Carol you. G's, another one. Yeah, okay, six. Okay. So shut up for a minute. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're obsessed with something Rod like Hull. that, which is quite strange, yep. it is quite a strange thing for an adult to be into, but you are that good at it, that you can make a living comfortably and not have to borrow money for it as such you know when you've got to that level yeah at that age it's sort of acceptable whereas job right has clearly been trying really really hard and was mm-hmm. obviously a part of this alternative magic circle yeah. that didn't like him and he's not even in that now yeah, yeah, um, yeah and he's still useless it's like give up you're not good enough at this can i try something go on okay guys out there because i reckon the guys most listen to this rather than ladies Guys, right, think of a pack of cards right now, right? Okay, now think of one card really quickly. Don't change your mind. Yep. Okay, you have just thought of, don't change change your mind, Ace of Spades. No. You know you didn't because you're right here, but the people out there, if you got the Ace of Spades, message me on Twitter and you'll win a prize. Not even close, mate. Not (laughs) even close. Okay, more four diamonds, isn't it? Jack of hearts. Jack of hearts? Yes. Are you weirdo or something? I am a weirdo. Okay. You know I am. You know I am. Um, okay. So that proves I'm, I'm a magician. So back to um, Arrested Development. <laughs> Joe, so- Joe is, should you give it up. He's a weirdo. Buster. He's an absolute... I don't even know what he is. Well, he, his storyline gets funnier and funnier as it, as it goes along. Um, and I think... In the first episode, I'm not going to spoil this, but he says something in the, in this very first episode that pays off series down the line. Just really? In, in this Arrest Development is probably the best series for callbacks. <clears throat> so, like, stuff you didn't even think mattered, they bring up in, like, the most recent series, and they, they say something, that's you're like, writing. oh, wow, that's what he meant in the very first episode. That's clever writing. <clears throat> very clever. 
Um, so I was watching this just with a sense of amazement. Oh my god, they had that plan the whole time. Oh my god, that fits well, into. Did they? I mean, because I, I mean, I'll come on to it briefly in a second. The, the last thing that happens in the episode. Okay. Because um, there's lots of other stuff. I mean, we I could, genuinely we, can't we could, remember. We could break it down. It's not as it's not as specific as you think. Right, it is. Right. It's just what happens anyway. There's so many little bits and pieces we could break down this episode, but you know I couldn't sum it up better than you did with the two words "clown house." It is an absolute <laughs> clown house. That's um, a great name for a sitcom as well. It is, and maybe we should write. Maybe yeah. that's what I should be called. Yeah. Maybe that's what our pilot should be called, the clown house. house. Um, it is it, it, it's, it's chaos. It's utter chaos. And but it's a family. It's a family-run business, and I think a lot of people can probably relate, if not. Because they've had a family business that they that they have or they've born into or anything like that. But if you've ever worked with a relative, um, then you can sort of relate to this as well. And and every family is dysfunctional. Every single one of them mm-hmm. has got an oddball, has got an eccentric, has got a you know a ducker and a diver, has got a smarty pants, and you, you know families are made up of these different people, and that's why they work and then don't work in the same breath. But this is just amplified on another level and it's and it's awkward and it's cringy at times but you know just what it does? gently enough it just makes you, gently enough that you enjoy it. it what it does is it makes you really appreciate your own family just like oh I'm so glad that mine isn't this this weird crazy but um, it's not so surreal that it's sort of like unbelievable yeah and the fact is, it must be and you hard. And to see Michael Sarah at about the age of 14 yeah. in this as well. Or having a real hard time with his cousin, maybe. So this is one of the, the kind of plot lines that is in the pilot that continues on, honestly, till the new series. Really? So he fancies his cousin, maybe. And she doesn't really realise it, especially at this point, doesn't realise it. So she is like, well, why don't we like really get them back and, and like kiss each other and let them walk in on us and it'll be it'll be, be so funny. And he was like, oh, what, really? Do you want to do that? No, but we can't. We're cousins, right? We can't do that. And she's like, oh, come on, it'll be funny. And he's like, well, wouldn't it be wrong? Isn't it against the law? <laughs> and you can just see he's really, because Michael Sarah's brilliant. I'd be playing the awkward he, kind of he guy. He's great at the awkward, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just in general, um, this was as funny as I remember it, and it's brilliant. And it's actually quite good to, to revisit again, knowing all the callbacks that kind of appear in, in, the, in the latest season. Are you up to date with the new one? Um, the, well, the new one just came out on uh, Netflix on Friday. Last, last Friday just gone. Yeah. Must, I must say that you may, when this comes out, uh, a few days ago, there was some issues in the press regarding Arrested Development, which obviously we're not going to deal with here because that doesn't take away from the pilot episode. But we are aware of what happened and we had this scheduled um, before that. Um, yeah, it's just coincidence. It's just a coincidence. Which this pilot podcast tends to do quite yeah. often. Because we tried to time it for the new series to come out on, on yeah, Netflix, for sure. which it did. Um, the, right, so I'll get to the final point then. The final yep. thing before we wrap up and move on to the other show. At the end of this episode... About a minute from the end, yep. and it's only 22, 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's not very long at really all. Sure, yeah. It's nice and short. Um, you get there, you get a little title sequence that goes on the next Arrested oh, Development. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think we've had one of them yet in 112 shows. You are right. No, we haven't. And I love that. And I, I like it as well. Yeah. Because it gives you like a little scene from the next episode. Yeah. Which. But. I, I, I think can be a very good thing. I think it does. It certainly works in this one. For yeah. my opinion, um, though I wouldn't trust everything you see because no, no, of course not. But that, but it's, it's a only, comedy, and it's, like it's supposed you, to be there to just entice you to come back next week. Yeah. It's that appointment television, which um, I can't remember the year this was out in, 
but this was this is um, probably late nineties, maybe or yeah, early two thousands. So, but, but this is this is a way of going. Hey, come back next week. Yeah, because guess what's going to happen on the next Arrested Development, and that's essentially what it's doing each yeah. time. Is it's just, but it's not. Um, you have to remember that you don't always see that. Usually, it's just like kind of a setup for. Um, not even for the next episode. It's just that it kind of it kind of like finishes off some of the jokes that were in the the pre- yeah, in the very, episode. Very possibly, but I just kind of like that the the, the um, it's not function is it? But no, it was, it, a, it was a nice narrative kind of device it, to kind of like give you nice. a little bit more extra kind of. It's kind fun. of like the original previously yeah, on yeah. whatever. It's yeah. like it's like the original idea. We to should that. do that. We should we should be like previously, well, previously on, on the, the pilot. pilot and then make some stuff up. Yeah, if like, make stuff up. Yeah. I thought we could just clip it like a random thirty seconds. Oh, no, doesn't make any sense. We should time. make stuff up like let's play Russian roulette, Rob, and stuff like that, and then just boom, <laughs> Rob, <laughs> and then just hear sirens. Rob, stay with me, Rob. Stay with me. Let's do that. <laughs> Don't close your eyes, Rob. <laughs> okay, it's well, getting dark, Jack. Ma- it's next- getting dark. <laughs> Stay away from the light. Yeah, we should do that for next episode. Okay, okay, we'll do that for the next episode. Um, <laughs> Stay I, away I, from I, the light. I, I, really, I really enjoyed this. Um, yeah. And I have enjoyed it before. I've, I've been on and watched uh, the first season of, of Arrested. Oh, I've you not, have? I've, nice. I've not watched Beyond first. So, okay. Um, but it's, it's given me a little reignited, you know, reignited yeah. but sort of feeling to go and say, yeah, go and watch the rest of it. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, yes. Um, so it's it's easy if you subscribe to that. You can, you can binge watch the four seasons that are up there. Yeah. now well five five now yeah um uh yeah i it's good i liked it and i've got a good, good. score for it at the end of the show okay, good. Yeah. which uh, i think you'll i think you'll appreciate and like so so now we're moving on to mm. your choice to put up against arrest development well, what did you bring to the well, table uh, yeah you mentioned arrested development i yeah. instantly knew it was about a dysfunctional family and such and i was trying to think of something to compare it to and the first thing that sprung to mind was the one i went with it's modern family <laughs> It's and like, it's a big band as well, so it gets a bonus point from me. I love a big band. It's like a jazz band falling down some steps. Yeah. Yeah, it is like... Yeah, I, I, I like it because it's because it does what like Arrested Development does. It's got that kind of chaos about it. It's got this sort of big, enthusiastic kind of big band feel. Uh, but it also has that kind of like... What's going on? Why are you? Why are you playing? Stop playing! You're playing! Oh, oh, how many people are playing? How many <laughs> solos do we need? Um, and I and I kind of think that gives it the the right little tone. It's short. It's really short. Little sort of. It's more of a sting than, a, than a theme tune. I don't. I don't think I really like this theme song. Do you not? I feel it's a little bit jarring on my ears. But um, I think it's supposed to be okay because it's like it's called Modern Family. Yeah. And what you're going to do is you're going to meet. This modern family, I guess you do, um, yeah. And yeah. it does, t- and and the visuals show you that you've, you've seen every family within this very much TV so, show, yeah, yeah, very much so. They're all related. He's basically got three. I, I, I three kind sets. of broke it down. Yeah, three sets, three divisions, really, yeah. of a family. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for for the naysayers out there, I feel like the, the obvious thing to say about this show is it's a box ticker. <laughs> Right, it is. There's, oh, there's, I see where you're going with this. Well, let's think about it. Right, let's break it right down. Okay, okay. Everyone's family has got a variety of different people <laughs> oh, in it. God, okay? okay, yeah, yeah. No, no, the, well, not not the um, not the main family, really. 
yeah, not possibly. Really. Yeah, well, exactly. It's my point. My point being is they are covering all the bases. Okay. So let's start with Phil and Claire, right, and the three kids: Haley, Alex, and Luke. Yeah. All right. So you've got this this modern family. They are living in the modern world. They've got this um, nice big house. It's the two adults, the three children, which is the two point four children thing. It's, yeah, it's sort of it's kind of rounding up on that. You've you've got more than two, so it's slightly more than a handful. You're outnumbered. That whole concept of outnumbered. This, there's another show we should do at some point. Yep. Um, and uh, and it's just about you know balancing modern life. So what's modern about that? What, genuinely, I'm I'm trying to ask the question. What nothing, is modern there, about their family? There's nothing. There's nothing. No, there's nothing abnormal about it. They, they are and just what's normal. What's modern about them? I mean, what? It's just in the current day. It's in the modern day. It's in the okay. present day, right? There's nothing. Where's the robots? That's what I'm, I'm trying to say. Yeah, my point. Hang on, just bear with me for okay. God's sake, right? So the point is, that you need the normality of a straight up male female relationship, three kids mm-hmm. in a house, chaos because you've got kids of different ages. So you've got Haley who's 15, Alex is about 11 ish. Is and, she? Uh, Ish, I yeah. don't know. I don't. I don't. You don't get her age in the first episode, oh, okay. so I don't know. But you do get Haley's age, uh, and Luke, who's younger than that. So yeah. you've got this this dynamic of boys and girls, uh, mum and dad outnumbered. Um, dad's obviously a worker. Mum, you know, is, at this point in time, isn't. You've got the, the just the general chaos of getting out up in the morning and getting ready for breakfast and such like that. It's yeah. standard family stuff. Standard family stuff. Then you add in the fact. That you've got uh, Claire's dad, mm-hmm. Jay, who is um, who is played in his by 60s. yeah, and he is played by the great character actor who's been in a lot of things. Um, he, Lost he his is, name, yeah. No, I've got it here. I've got it here. His name is Ed O'Neill, um, and he has a memorable role in uh, Wayne's World too, <laughs> as the psycho guy who who uh, talks about how much he's killed people and stuff. He strikes me as a guy who could play like a mafia boss as well. Yeah. but Got a kind of authority about him, which is actually a quite, a, not, quite a good thing because he comes with um, a, a new wife in Gloria, yeah. who is from Colombia. Yeah. Now, she is much younger than, she, than he is. Pilar Sofia uh, Varguera. Yeah, the highest paid actress on television right now, I believe. Wow, okay. Um, good for Because her. of this show. Yeah. She has come to America with her son Manny, mm-hmm. um, and found love with in Jay. Right? Yeah. So they are a, they are a multicultural in relationship. They're yeah. also of vastly different ages. Yeah. And uh, so you've then you've also now got the step stepdad stepson um, dynamic involved as well. Yeah. Right. So you've got a brand you've got a perfectly normal five piece over here. The relation is the dad. He's got a new wife. He's got a new stepson. Mm-hmm. He is much older, different cultures as well. So there's a cultural differences there. Then you bring in the other characters in Mitchell and Cam. Now, Mitchell is Claire's brother. Mm-hmm. Mitchell is gay, played by... Oh, no. Just Jesse Ferguson. Uh, Jesse Ferguson. Jesse Tyler Ferguson and Eric Stone Street. The other That's one? the one. Yep. And so uh, Mitchell is gay. And I reckon his boyfriend's gay as well. What Cam? Yeah, no, Cam's not actually gay in real life. I know J- Jesse Tyler in, in is the, in the show. What do you mean in the show? They're a gay couple. Of course, they're a gay couple. Yeah, yeah, of course, he's gay. I, I was making you. You've dwelled on it now. So I it's have weird. dwelled on it. Yeah, I've dwelled, <laughs> you made it weird. Why did you make it weird? <laughs> so they're gay. There is a, a gay couple. Okay. Um, and I guess 
the root of this whole episode is, and we always say about having this new character coming in, yeah. is that they have been to Vietnam. They're on the way back mm-hmm. because they've just adopted a Vietnamese baby. Yeah. Um, so you are literally ticking all the boxes here, yeah. minus maybe two or three. But like you're, you're ticking a whole heap of boxes about addressing modern society. So I've got, a f- I've got within a few, one family. I've got a few comments about all this. Go for it. So Ed O'Neill, he the interesting thing about Ed O'Neill is that he was um, in one of the the most highly rated, longest running sitcoms prior to this. He was in Married with Children, and he was the dad. Um, Can't say I've ever seen it. So Married with Children was one of Fox's biggest hits that I think came over to the UK sometime in the mid-90s, started pretty much when Fox started in the early 90s, um, Fox TV. And it was a long, long running show. Christina Applegate was his daughter. He had a son uh, and his wife is Leela from Futurama, uh, the woman. Oh, right, okay. Um, So he's well known across America for playing a kind of grumpy old dad. And here he is again, playing the grumpy, grumpy old, old dad. dad. So it's very easy to see why he, he was, was picked. So the other, my other question is, do you think in this show, when you from this first episode, yep. do you think that uh, Sophia Vargara, I can't remember what her name was in the show. Um, Gloria. Gloria. In this first episode, loves him for who he is or loves him because of his money? Probably the money. Yeah. That's the, from this first episode yeah, without seeing the fir- other ones from this first was, episode she seems a little bit different from the other episodes where you can kind of see wow okay she's but, in love with this guy but in this one you feel like oh okay and, and there's I'll, definitely and an say, undercurrent and I would say that with evidence from the ep- actual episode itself because it's a uh, slightly unique show in that they have moments where they talk to camera but like in a therapy sort of style. This is what I wanted to bring up. Right. Okay. So yeah. I'll, I'll, let me drop it for a second, and yep. then come back. Mm-hmm. But the, in these, in one of these moments, you see how long they've been together. So you see that Phil and Claire have been together for uh, about fifteen years, sixteen years. Sorry. Yeah. Um, little longer than they've had obviously kids. Um, and Phil and uh, sorry, Phil, um, Jay and Gloria have been together six months. Mm-hmm. So I would say, in answer to your question, that I would feel like it was an opportunity relationship more than one of actual you know emotional connection yeah um but then again not to knock that because actually that happens quite a lot you know people do sort of get together for more convenient reasons than necessarily that they actually like each other and then you find yeah because you spend so much time together that you actually are quite compatible and and you have a lot in common yeah and sometimes it's a mutual relationship because she gets the money and the and the, she he gets a young trophy wife. So yeah, everyone's happy all around. Um, again, you, another element of modern society that's, that's true. immediately addressed in this. Now, again, I've failed to write down a flipping year this was released in. We'll find that in a second. Yep. Um, that's what I think the show does, and it does it with humour as well. And it's and it's it could have been quite easy to have made fun of it all. September twenty third, two thousand nine. So 2009. So it could have been very easy to make this a comedy, but made fun of the situations. And I don't think it does that. I think it it has fun with the situations from a family perspective. Do you... um, So I think the casting in this is 
like I've said it before that the casting has been second to none but here they've got it so perfect haven't they Yeah. with the casting every single there's a lot of characters here and every one Again, of them's great very much like Arrested Development you've yeah. got a lot of characters that you will eventually learn a whole heap about yeah. um, you, so you've got what you've got five eight um, and, well you've got eleven you've got yeah. eleven characters really eleventh uh, being Lily now for me Lily is your She's the Vietnamese baby that yeah. Cam and Mitchell adopt. She is us. That's really interesting. A bit. That's interesting. I try and lean and interrupt you here. Um, a bit. Okay. I think we are arriving in this family with yeah. Lily. Partially. The other part of us is the therapist to each of them when they sit on the sofa. So I feel like we are both the wow. family... We are, we are both the family therapist mm -hmm. and we are Lily. If you made a, this your dissertation question at uni, Lily is the main protagonist of the modern family. She represents the audience. You'd get a, you'd get a good mark. I think you would. So it's a really good theory, that. Because she arrives in the family in the first episode. Yeah, like every good pilot should have. Like every Introduction of a new character. And... Over the next, well, nine years, because that's nine years ago now, mm -hmm. she's clearly grown up. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm assuming that they probably have used a couple of babies and toddlers. I don't think they have. But they might not have done. I think they lucked out and they found a baby who grew up to be a decent actress. Let's be honest. I mean, if you look, yeah. at, like, if you look at Luke as a good example of this as well. <laughs> yeah. Now, Luke is probably about, it's probably about eight yeah, yeah, in yeah. this. Mm -hmm. um, now, nine years on, he's 17. Yeah. He's Flipping tall now. He's about six <laughs> yeah. one, six two. So he's outgrown Phil and Claire mm -hmm. in the family. Um, but they they seem to have come up with a cast that work together, mm -hmm. have worked for nine years together. Yeah. No one's got a strop on, and you know, gone. I'm bigger than this. I'm better than this. So on. So I think forth. getting paid like a million quid an episode will yeah, do that. I'm sure that pretty, yeah, I'm sure that helps out a lot. Of course it does. But I'm sure Lily, at the age of like eight or wherever she is, is uh, like a multi multi millionaire yeah. right now. And actually, like she is brilliant. Like if you've seen the she new, is she, great. I know, again, we're, I'm jumping ahead now to the more latter series, but. She is really, really good as a child actress. Her she comedy just, timing. Oh, Some people who are like 50 years old can't, can't no. do comedy. Her at the age of whatever age she is. She has a lot of sass about her as yeah, well. Yeah, I love it. She is sassy as, <laughs> and it's great. And she's really, really good. But And she seems to just work really well with uh, Cam and Mitch, yeah. you know, in that sort of like she runs rings around them both yeah. and so on and so forth. And they think she doesn't know what... What she, they think that she's totally innocent, and doesn't realise. Yeah, yeah. What she's very doing. aware. She's very bright. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not saying that every family has such a wide dynamic, but every family has a dynamic of its own. Um, it has different extensions of it, whether it's siblings, cousins, um, step parents, stepdaughters. Yeah. You know, everyone has that. And and these two shows, I'll, I'll talk to both, about both of them. Mm -hmm. Both of them have these really odd dynamics, but at the very core of it, underneath all the silliness, the humour, even the 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 stupidity yeah. of some of the comments and things, like Luke is a bit of a dumb kid, and then you've got Alex, who's the bright one, mm -hmm. clearly even more bright than Haley, who's her older sister. Yeah, there's a love. Yeah. And, and I, you get it from both shows. True. Michael gets, you know, he, he does a full UE on the move to Arizona yeah. in Arrested Development and stays at the end. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Jay is very much sort of still trying to even come to terms with Mitchell being gay and having a boyfriend, Mm -hmm. let alone going to Vietnam and adopting a Vietnamese baby. Um, He has a little bit of a midlife crisis, as it were, because he comes and buys himself a blinged out hat. (laughs) Um, And yeah, despite them putting on display all of these unique relationships, Mm -hmm. It does it really well with a bit of, with a nice pinch of love. So uh, I just want to talk about the how how the narrative progresses in both these pilot episodes that we talked about. Yeah. So in the, so in Arrested Development, we talked about the narrator. He is the person propelling the narrative along, filling in the gaps, etc. Yep. In in Modern Family, what fills in the gaps and kind of explains what's happening isn't a isn't a narration. It's a it's the characters breaking the fourth wall, looking at camera in a mockumentary style mm. that that The Office first brought into fruition yep. um, and saying how they feel about each character. And some of the most touching moments of any episode of Modern Family is where they reveal their true feelings about what's going on or just like stuff that's pent up inside to the camera, to the viewer, to let them know how they're to feeling. You. Yeah, exactly. And But, the, the, but then I'm trying to think about what this means about this TV, about this particular show. So in the office, it is a real, it is a real, uh, the concept is there's a, a bunch of um, cameramen in the office doing it for a TV show. Yeah. In Parks and Rec, same thing. You never really see the, 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 the TV show that's, that they're recording, but in Modern Family, what are the cameras doing there? Yeah. What, what, which, which what makes, a, which makes me think that it's not, it's not supposed to feel like a camera. But they're speaking to camera, and I mean, it actually, Phil does, does do a little quick spin at the bottom of the stairs. He does, yeah, um, or when he's halfway up the stairs talking to Dylan because mm-hmm. Dylan is uh, a boy who comes over to see Hayley. Yeah, he does a very, very quick, and it's not in the same way like David Brent does in Office. Yeah, it's a very much like a like I'm looking at you for justification for me to say something like like he's looking at a therapist. This is why this is why I got that I got hung up on this whole idea of he's looking at you, the the viewer for approval yeah. of what he's just said or done or whether or not you have acknowledged what he's just seen. Yeah. It's like, am I the only one that's just seen that type thing? You know, there's that little moment where he he's looking for, at, at you for... For justification <laughs> does that, does that of, of what's happening. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Which is why I kind of get this vibe of a therapist... But I would just like at some like, point... Like you're in their life all the time. So, and at the end of each day, you sit down and review it on the sofa. So the only thing is, like, when you are writing something, the laziest thing you could possibly do is instead of showing it, is to say it. So you meant to show it, not say it. Yep. If if you need a narrator to say, and by the way, this is happening because of this, you're, 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 writing, you're not writing it properly. No. Um, so the fact that we have people on camera filling in the gaps for us can only be justified if they are doing it for a TV show. So it, to me, don't get me wrong. I watched this show, loved it for at least four or five seasons, six seasons. Mm. Absolutely loved it. But then it kind of just played on me a little bit. What is, what's going on when they're looking at the camera? Well, that's one of the questions I think that may, maybe what happens is that you, you will find that out eventually. Like it all come, yeah. it all comes to a point where they call it a day. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just come to a natural conclusion, and 
maybe the whole thing has been a giant therapy session. And well, it's just about them trying to cope with modern life in this really mixed up, muddled up family. I don't know. I might be talking utter nonsense. I genuinely might be might have hit on something that is not there. And for some strange reason, that's how I, I view it. Well, like... In the office, how I was dealt with is Ricky Gervais. He refers to me as like, "Oh yeah, everyone saw the show. And made me out to be a right, yeah, stupid idiot." Um, and they did, didn't do that in Parks and Rec, and they haven't done that, in, as far as I'm aware, in Modern Family as well. I don't know. To me, it just takes a little bit away from it. Does it? It's just just a little. Just bit. Just a little bit. Um, All right. I still think it's a really strong, well written, very very well cast show. Um, yeah. All right. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I think I think we've we've said all we're going to say on this um, that will help give us a score. Okay. Um, so let's let's score it. Okay. Arrested Development first. Your show. Yeah. You get to go first. Um, I just I really really love this show. Um, I can't wait to watch the new series, which is on Netflix right now. When I have a chance, I will. Um, I thought this episode, even though it had so many characters, I, I love them all. And it's so rare that you instantly love so many characters at once. Yep. Um, so I'm going to give it a, high, a pretty high score for me. I'm going to give it 8.5. All right. Fair enough. What are you going to give it, Rob Jelly? I was umming on an 8. Okay. Whether I'm going to match you or not. I don't know if Ooh. I take it up to an 8 now. No, I'm going to stick with me 8. I'm okay. going to stick with my 8. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Um, it definitely has lots of things in it that make me want to watch more. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it an 8. So that's 16.5. 16.5. Let's nice. uh, grab the old league table, shall we, and have a look, see where that might sit. Yeah. Um, that's around, it's just above the weirdo level. We've got a, a, a sort of... A, sort of Sixteen's not weird, is it? It's no, no, no. Fifteen f- and a half is the weird ones. Okay. It's, it's just a weird little segment going on in there. Sixteen and a half goes in alongside quite a few, actually. Okay. Uh, American Gods, Knight Rider, Black Ooh, Books, yes. Gotham, Billions, Fringe, Columbo, American Horror Story, and yep. Black Mirror. So just under Pugwall or something? Uh, it's a little bit above Pugwall. Um, just, a, just a little bit above Pugwall. Let's go into the score for uh, Modern Family. Modern Family. You first. I think I'm going to say the same thing. I think I'm going to go an eight. Okay. Um, so you think it's equally as good as the rest of development? I think it has some things in it are better. Yep. And some other whoa, 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 bits. Whoa, hang on. What, what's better? Ooh. Oh. Hold Post on one second. Here. Yeah, one second. That was a package for my neighbours, not me. So, should we open it? It's quite a big box. Is it? Yeah, no. Could be a cat. Well, inside. it's not distracting me away from justifying my eight for okay. uh, Modern Family. The reason I give it an eight, and the thing I think it does better, is I didn't genuinely laugh out loud at Arrested Development. Okay. I enjoyed it. I and smiled and I chuckled. Okay. I had a genuine laugh out loud moment in Modern Family. Did you? Which when, bit? when Cameron appears with. Uh, baby Lily and yeah. Circle of Life blares out. Right, right, I right. genuinely cracked up laughing because I'm silly and I'm a child and I love Disney and every part of it was just so dumb. It made me burst into like laughter. So for me, it gets an eight. Um, it is brilliant and it goes on to be even better. I think it grows as well and 
it, it gives you enough to to want to watch more and yeah, see yeah. where on earth this absolute well I don't want to call them a clown house yeah. whatever they are uh, I just want to see where they go yeah so for an eight for me cool um, I'm going to give it a seven that's all right uh, which I think I, I really like the show I think it's kind of kind of dipped down in my kind of priorities in 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 the last year or so i used to watch it avidly but it's kind of not top of my list anymore um yeah i thought it was a strong episode i think again the the casting is absolutely second to none just perfect perfect casting and this is the first time we've seen a lot of these actors and actresses as well so um really cool um, yeah, so that's a seven. Alongside Cheers, Know Me, Knowing You, Hard Knocks, The Exorcist, Mork and Mindy, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Flintstones, and Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, I love that. It's a good little group. It's yeah. Good little, hey, 15 out of 20 is a good score. That's a great score. You know, you can't be... That's all you can ask for. 75%. Yep. You can't take, you know, any sort of yeah, marks good, away from it's that. It's like a B- minus or something. Take that every day of the week. Yep. Uh, right, so... We have done quite a few tra- uh, sort of tracks, quite a few shows yep. um, of yesteryear. And I'm wondering if maybe we can do something new. Okay. You know, I don't like new stuff. Well, uh, as always, we suggest, uh, we open for suggestions. Yep. Um, and you can tweet us with anything you're watching that you think we should have a watch of yourselves. Okay. Um, we gave us some stick a few weeks ago on the podcast for Googling Google. Um, Who is that? Uh, Vic. And, oh, from your uh, show. Yeah, and she tweeted and um, uh, I made her tweet it. Um, and she said, watch the um, Donald Glover show, Atlanta. I feel like it's going to be a bit of a sort of dark comedy in places. Um, oh, a dark comedy, yeah. Atlanta. It's about a rapper, a kind of a, a, a rapper. Yeah, so it's, a little bit, it's got a bit Do of music know, feel to it, maybe. Atlanta's always one that people keep telling me to, to watch. It's on the iPlayer, by the way. It's on BBC Is iPlayer. It? Yeah. What, the whole first, first season? First season, all 10 episodes. Nice. Um, I will watch it at some point. Well, you'll watch it next week. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, if, that, if that's your choice. Pay, pay attention, man. <laughs> okay, well, what can I pick? Well, I've got well, go one. for something new. Or, you know, don't even have to go for something that's related. Go for something else that's new, maybe, well, or... or it maybe isn't the exact same as Atlanta. Definitely, it's definitely not the same as Atlanta. But I believe some of the people that are in this first episode are from Atlanta. Well, maybe one person. That is the most tenuous... Is that what your link is? I know, I know, I know, but it's the only... Stay tuned for more tenuous (laughs) links from Jed Shepard next week on the Pilot Podcast. But I really want to do it, so I think this is the only time... You can pick whatever you like, mate. Sure? I've I've gone with the listener suggestion. Okay. um, So I feel like you can match it with whatever you want. But I reckon I'll win with this. Oh. Because I reckon you'll love this. Oh, Okay. This is RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race. It is the TV show where drag queens come on and compete to see who's the best drag queen. Hosted by RuPaul. Yes! (laughs) Yes! 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 Rob is laughing. Yes! Rob, are you going to turn up dressed like a uh, drag queen? Yes! I think we both did. Yes! (laughs) Right. Uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's, hang on. It's, oh, this this is making me instantly think of Glow. Glow? In a sort of glam, yeah. glamorous sense. We should do Glow at some point as well. We've done but, Glow. Oh, we did do Glow, did yeah. Glow like weeks. What well, did we put Glow well, against? Glow was a long way back, blindly. Oh, yeah. Let me see. I'm because the new series is out soon, isn't it, Glow? That's why it's on your brain, mate, because yeah, yeah. it's coming back, isn't it? Uh, glow, what did we 15.5. What did we do Glow against? Can you remember? <sighs> 
I mean, you can catch up on all the episodes on postpoppodcasts.com yeah. forward slash the pilot or yep. go to iTunes. When did we, we did glow a long time ago, I mate. I think it was like Blimey. episode six or something. Fifteen. Fifteen. We did, wow. Do you know what we put that against? It, you will never guess. You will never <laughs> guess which show we put that against. I can't work it out. Downton Abbey. <laughs> So similar. There was no rhyme or so, reason. No, was there wasn't. I think it was then. the fact you just started watching Downton Abbey, right? And no. I'd and I'd given Glow a try on Netflix. Okay, and that's why it came about. Okay. Anyway, so we've, we've done them. So RuPaul's Drag Race. That's versus, take, take fifteen if you want to listen to that one. That yeah. was really good. RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race on Netflix. Yeah, versus um, Atlanta, which is on BBC iPlayer. Yeah, I can't wait because do you, I, do you know? Have I've you not ever seen watched either of them? Oh my god, you were in for an absolute treat. And like, this is good because now I can drop catchphrases from RuPaul's Drag Race and you'll know what I mean. Okay. Okay? As of next week, of course. Mm hmm. If you want to suggest any shows that you're watching, please do. Um, yeah, we will never judge. If you look at the list of the ones we've done, we've done all sorts of yeah. stuff on this podcast. Uh, and we're happy to uh, take your suggestions as well. So you can tweet us, Jed Shepherd. I'm at Jed Shepherd on Twitter, which is J E D S H E P H E R D. And I am at The Jellyman. That's T H E Jellyman. It's a little higher this week. <laughs> yeah. A little higher this week, all right. It's really it's stretching the vocal Change up. Yeah. Well, we are talking drag queens next week, so, yes. you know, getting in the mood for it. Yeah. Darling. Uh, awesome. Have a good week. Enjoy yep. Atlanta. And next week, I want... You'll watch this episode, and I think we should try tucking. What? You'll see next week. All right. <laughs> Keeping an eye out for the cameras in the studio, that's what I will say. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, thank you very much. Subscribe on iTunes, uh, yeah. rate and review as well. Very simply, whack five stars in there and a poo emoji yeah. for good measure. If you're listening right now, go ahead and do that right now if you can. Yep, open the app up, takes that song, press play, and there you go, five stars, and then poo emoji, submit, done. <laughs> it takes and that long. Yeah, thanks very much for listening, and don't forget, um, Get in touch with us if you just want to say hello or uh, give us some suggestions for what to watch and we'll put them top of the list. Absolutely. Uh, Rob Jelly, that just leaves me to say... See you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. You lost. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Help! Help! <laughs>